Welcome to this edition of today's Conversations on Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Gilles Lamarche. And as we always do, I have picked a leadership quote that I think is fitting of our guest today. And it is from John Maxwell. The quote reads, the single biggest way to impact an organization is to focus on leadership development. There is almost no limit to the potential of an organization that recruits good people, raises them up as leaders, and continually develops them. And I think you will know in time that this lady, our guest today, is definitely one of those leaders. She's held positions of increasing responsibility within Lockheed Martin, as well as the technology industry and the federal government. Most recently, she was named the Deputy Vice President of Sensors and Global Sustainment Line of Business and the Vice President of Rotary Wing and Ground Programs at Lockheed Martin Missiles and Fire Control Company. She will relocate to Orlando, Florida from Marietta, Georgia quite soon. Previously, she served as Vice President for the Air Mobility and Maritime Missions International Programs Line excuse me, International Programs line of business for Lockheed Martin, aeronautics company here in Marietta. In this capacity, she was responsible for the design, the development, the testing, production, sustainment, and modernization of military and civilian aircraft for international customers in over 60 countries. She's extremely well-educated. She has a degree in mathematics from Jackson State uh, University in Mississippi. She has a master's degree in electrical engineering from Georgia May from George Mason University, and an executive MBA from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Please welcome to our show today, Ms. Carmen Norwood. Carmen, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, thank you. It's such an honor to join you this morning to talk about a topic that I'm so passionate about, and that's leadership. So I'll ask you, as I said, I'll ask you a few questions, and as I do with most of my audience, or rather most of my guests, I don't really prep them. I want it to come from the core of who you are, to really come from your heart. And my first question is really as it relates to servant leadership. I've had the opportunity to meet you a few times. I certainly uh, know some of your friends. I've heard nothing but good around uh, what surrounds Carmen. But what steps do you take to inspire your employees, your direct reports, to become servant leaders? Well, you know, servant leadership, I think, is key to any leader's abilities. And so one of the things that I do is encourage all of my employees, and I have uh, employees who report to me who have employees who report to them. So we have a pretty large organization. One of the things that I have to do as a leader is lead by example. So I can't tell my leaders, hey, be a servant leader if I'm not a servant leader. So servant leadership means to me that I am a leader who breaks barriers for the people who actually do the work. I am there to really help facilitate them in terms of their success. And so I have to exhibit that on a day-to-day -day basis so that my employees, um, who also have employees reporting to them will do the same thing. I'll give you an example. So we're in the process of changing the culture within uh, Lockheed Martin. And so we, we hear, you know, organizations go through culture change all the time. What does that mean? One of the things that we decided to do was look at our employees and say, hey, the people who actually do the work are the ones with the greatest ideas to really drive change. But as a leadership team, 
we're not really listening to them. So what changes do we need to make as a leadership team? And one of those things was to be a servant leader. So we established what we called artisan councils, where the folks who are actually doing the hands-on work would come to the conference room, and instead of the leaders sitting at the table, we would have the artisans actually sit at the table, run the meeting, talk about innovative ideas, talk about things that they could do in order to make their job more efficient and improve their performance. Now, as a leader, I joined the meeting, but I was sitting around the room at the back of the room. You know, I'm a wallflower per se, and just listening. And so when they came to a point in that discussion where they needed me to break a barrier, for instance, they may need funding or they may need it to work uh, cross-functionally, I was there to raise my hand to say, hey, I will provide the funding, or I will purchase the tool, or I will do whatever it takes in order for you to do your job better. So to me, that's what a servant leader should be doing, breaking down barriers for their employees such that they are successful. I actually love that idea, because you know one of the fun things about hosting a program like this is that not only do I get to bring great content to the audience, I actually get to learn. And so at my next team meeting, I will not be chairing my next team (laughs) meeting. And I'm going to give up chairing our next team meetings and allow our team members to maybe, you know, revolve around, but have a different person chair our meetings moving forward. So thanks for that idea. I love that idea. Absolutely. Uh, My next question to you, you know, some of the people that come on this podcast our, our leaders themselves have been leading in, at different levels in different capacities, but some are new leaders. So what advice would you give to someone going into a leadership position, maybe for the first time? If you think back historically, what, what you had to do when you first became a leader, what kind of advice could you give to someone who's becoming a leader in a leadership position rather for the first time? What I will tell you, or I would tell any new leader, is that it is very important for you to connect with the people. You know, that is fundamental to me. So day one, it's important for you to have a meeting with your team, understand who your team is, what their strengths and their weaknesses are. You know, I'm about to transition into a new role right now. And although it's at the vice president's level, I'm using some of the same tools and techniques that I used as a first line leader. And that is next week on day one, I'm starting one-on-one sessions with each of my team members because I want them to get to know me, what my strengths are, what I believe some of the challenges are that we may face. And also I want to hear from them because I believe that they will give me the best insight into the job. So that's number one, because I believe that the people are our greatest asset you know, as a leader, what you're doing is really establishing direction and for and the vision, but it's really going to take the people to run with that vision, run with that strategy and reduce and produce product. So the people first, establishing your strategy and your vision and your direction, ensuring that you have a focus there, and also ensuring that you continually engage and you listen to employees and take on what they say and their ideas and let them know that they have a seat at the table. And a lot of times when I'm talking about my team, 
I talk about all of us being team members as opposed to me necessarily being the leader and you all work for me. No, we're all a part of one team. And so I really believe that that should be the focus of that servant leader. And I think we're, we're back to that point. And so transitioning from maybe a strictly technical type role into a leadership role, you got to add the people piece to it and the strategic piece. I remember when I interviewed for my first executive leader job and I did not get that job. And I was like, you know, I need some feedback from the the folks that interviewed me. So one of the things that um, the interviewer told me is, hey, you have to become more strategic. So, you know, as a first line leader, you were really tactical, solving problems. But as you move into the organization, you not only need to think about today, but three years down the road, five years down the road. So people that I mentor that's transitioning into leadership, I always tell them, start strengthening those strategic type um, uh, mechanisms early in your career, because then it becomes a little bit easier as you progress to the higher levels. You know, and I, I loved when you said that you're, as a leader, you're simply a team member. And it made me think, no wonder I love this woman immediately the first time I met her, because that's how I've worked that way my entire career. Just saw myself, I may be the quarterback, but I am just one person on this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not accomplishing anything great. Absolutely. Something else that I picked up from your, uh, from what you were sharing just now is that a great leader must remain humble. You didn't use the word humility, but I felt that everything you were talking about was you are choosing to be the best version of you and attracting the best version of other people around you because you're actually choosing to maintain a state of humility. Did I interpret that correctly? No, absolutely. I think that is so, so important um, in a working environment because that translates into a lot of things, okay? Are you approachable as a leader? Does an employee feel comfortable enough to raise their hand and say, I have this issue so that you can help them transition or to solve a problem? So humility to me translates into many different characteristics that I think a strong leader should have. You know, when you mentioned about letting team members lead meetings, um, one of the thoughts I had around that was, so how do you encourage creative thinking within your organization other than allowing them to meet that way? Do you have different methods by which you encourage creative thinking from your team members? Absolutely. I, I think one of the most powerful things was having that artisan council because you had, you know, many people in the room talking and being very innovative, a very diverse group because you have that diversity of thought. Another thing that I do in my work area is I have a huge whiteboard <laughs> in the area. And I, you know, it's our innovation corner. You know, people can walk up and just jot down some creative idea. You know, working international programs for um, air mobility, one of the challenges that we have there is to continue to grow the business. We were working on a platform and had been around for 65 years. They are the best uh, cargo aircraft around, and so they last forever. But we need to continue to grow the business and, and um, ensure that we're providing our customers with what they need. So I needed my team to be very innovative. 
let's think about what we can do in order to keep this platform sold. And so I did, uh, developed this innovation corner and the only thing it had in there was a huge whiteboard and lots of markers and erasers. And as you know, folks had ideas, they would jot them down and then we'd come to staff meeting and we'd talk about those ideas. And I was very fortunate to have several people on my team who were, I'm going to call them early career or uh, really relatively new to Lockheed. They had come from different industries. And so they brought a lot of innovative ideas from other industries to our team. And so we use that innovation corner to capture a lot of those ideas. Now, what a great idea and very simple. I mean, anyone very simple. who put up a whiteboard somewhere in their office, I know I've got a large whiteboard, but now I'm going to invite my team to actually walk into my office and start writing on my whiteboard. That's right. That's I love, right. I love, I love that idea. And anyone listening in could actually utilize their idea to actually enhance the creativity and to probably build team spirit. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're, what you're exhibiting to the employees is, I hear you. Yes. And your what you say matters. And whether you are a level one, the earliest career employee, or a level six, a mid-level, your ideas matter and you have a seat at the table. So I know that you the work that you do is extremely high level, extremely confidential. And I still have a question I want to ask you, not around the confidentiality part, of course, but what are the most important decisions that you make at as a leader at Lockheed Martin? So one of the, the most important things, I am a program manager. I have profit and loss responsibility. My whole job is to ensure that we secure programs that's going to move the business forward. We perform with excellence and we get the profit margins that we um, thought we would as we estimated and bid it on the contract. And so one of the most important decisions I have to make on a daily basis is, is to ensure that performance is there so that I meet the needs of my customer. So I can deliver my customer a product, but it may not meet their needs. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I have to engage with that customer. I have to understand their needs. I have to be very open and transparent with that customer in the event something goes wrong on the program or if something goes right. And I have to show them that I am, you, I am providing the best use of the funds that they're investing in the product that I'm going uh, to deliver. So customer engagement is very key. And making key decisions around doing what's best for the customer is one of the big things. And then the next one would be doing what's right for the business as well, because we're all in the, in the business to make money. Um, so I have to do what's right for my customer and for the business as well. And so there are a lot of decisions surrounding that on a day-to-day -day basis. And from what I'm hearing, the customer first philosophy though, is really what sets the stage for the company being profitable, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Great. Well, you've offered some fantastic insight. I do have a, a last sort of multifaceted question to ask you, and it's really around um, who has impacted your life? Like, is there one person that's had a great impact on you as a leader? Uh, maybe someone who's been a mentor to you? And if so, how did you approach, you, approach being a mentee? How has that crafted your life to then becoming a mentor? And why and how did that person 
or those people impact your life? I tell you, that's a great question because I think about the experiences that I've had throughout my career and there are many people, many, many people um, really impacted me. They were sponsors, champions, mentors, etc. But there are two people that I'd like to specifically highlight. The first one is, his name is Peter Liu, and uh, he was my first line leader when I joined Lockheed Martin. And I was so excited about joining Lockheed Martin. I was an early career employee, and Peter gave me the most, it, it was just the best experience that a new employee could have entering a corporation with 100,000 employees. Because <laughs> you can get lost, you know, in the sea of people at this uh, corporation. But he made sure that I had everything that I needed. He supported me. He guided me on, you know, what training I needed. I remember the, the first day I got there and he had lunch with me. And he had lunch and he wanted to just talk about who Carmen was, you know, and he really connected with me day one. And I always call that the Peter effect. <laughs> and right, like a human heart to heart. Absolutely. Connection with another human being. Absolutely. And so he did that before we even talked about the F-16 aircraft. <laughs> you know, he wanted to know who I was, what, you know, my thoughts, what was driving me, what my desires were, and he really connected with me. And so throughout the years, on January 16th, which is my birthday, I always get an email from him saying, happy birthday. You know, he just connected with me. And I thought during that time, if every leader in this corporation was like Peter, wow, what type of career am I going to have? And, and if every leader in any corporation was like Peter, what kind of career could people have? Absolutely. How would that inspire them? How would that raise them up to be the better version of themselves, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so interesting. So I've been with the company for almost 20 years now. And my career in terms of levels has uh, superseded where he is. So I'm a vice president now and he is the greatest champion. You know, I just got a new opportunity and he's like, I enjoy just following your career. This is amazing. You know what I mean? And, and so he had, an impact. he had an impact on you and you have risen above him in the higher. Absolutely. absolutely. So he's one, I call it the Peter effect. And then the other person I'd like to highlight, his name was Gary Bailey. He has since retired from the corporation, but he was assigned to be me to be my mentor. I was in a leadership development program and he was assigned to me. And what I learned from Gary is mentoring is just not mentoring. Mentoring is about being in a committed relationship with another employee. He told me, we're going to meet once a month. If I can't meet with you due to travel, we are going to reschedule. He gave me a template of a career development plan that I use still to this, this day, 20 years later. And I also share it with my mentees as well. It's just a one pager that talks about what are you going to learn from education? What are you going to learn from others? What are you going to learn on the job? But the key about that career development plan was it was a commitment between him and myself. And so if he'd say, hey, Carmen, I want you to read an article. And the next time we meet, we're going to talk about what this means and how it fits into the overall business operations, 
he would do exactly what he said. I wanted to work on my communication skills, my executive presence, you know, my ability to give effective presentations. And so one day, and he was pretty high in the, the corporation at the time, uh, he was on the executive leadership team. He invited me to his staff meeting and he says, I just want you to give the company overview. <laughs> And I want my team to, you know, kind of critique, say what you did well, what you didn't do well, because this is about sharpening your skills. So he made a real investment in me. And again, to this day, I'll get a text from him. You know, his daughter works at uh, Lockheed Martin. And if she hears something great, she'll, you know, let her dad know and he'll text me and he'll tell me how proud he was of me. But, you know, his level of commitment really made an impression on me. So I take those experiences and I, what I tell you is I get requests to be a mentor uh, just about every other day. And this past year, I was getting so many and I hate to turn people away, but it's just to be committed to the level that you need to be. Uh, I just didn't have the time. So I told my secretary at the time, I said, hey, just put the emails in a folder. And I'll figure something out. So I decided to do a mentoring roundtable, and I had about 25 people. (laughs) Those were the requests that I received. And so I made a commitment to them. We're going to meet once a month. These are the things that we're going to talk about. I'm going to require you to do a career development plan. I went to work on an off Friday, and every 30 minutes, I would meet with one of them one-on-one to talk about uh, their career development plan. And I know that's a lot and maybe, you know, most leaders can't do that because 25 people, that's a lot of people, but it's about commitment. Whether you're mentoring one person or two people, it's about commitment, walking the talk and holding your mentee accountable to what you guys say you're going to accomplish within that year. And so Peter and Gary and so many others had such a profound impact on me. And I would contribute a lot of my success and growth um, within the organization to what they did for me early on. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Miss Carmen Norwood from Lockheed Martin. Uh, Become a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, find a mentor. Utilize a mentor to grow. And when you've you know, gain some insights, allow yourself to then attract mentees and support mentees. It's not to say that you're not always going to want a mentor yourself, but you know, you meant, I, I always refer to you mentor up, like as Absolutely. you did, for example, you know, you yeah. start at one level and all of a sudden you were above Peter. Right. And you could then, you know, mentor in the opposite direction. Absolutely. So mentorship is a key, isn't it? To Absolutely. really living the life of a servant leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any comments from you, Carmen? Well, I'll tell you, as I mentioned before, leadership is something that I'm so passionate about because I've seen both sides. I've seen where a really, really good leader could turn a performing team into a high-performing team, an exceptional team. And I've also seen the other side where a leader could walk in the room and suck the air out of the room. You know, and so I really want to be that leader that's a servant leader and who basically gives the team the tools that they need to be successful because we're all on the same team. And so I would encourage those who are listening to invest in growing as a leader. 
not just investing your technical knowledge, as you become um, higher and higher in corporations, it's all about the people. It's really all about the people. So how do you develop a leadership style such that people want to follow you and engage with you, right? And so that's what I would encourage those listening uh, to do today, to do is to invest in your abilities to become the best leader possible. Well, once again, Carmen, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here today on today's Conversations on Leadership with Ms. Carmen Norwood from Lockheed Martin. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you.